Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Back here on the block, Austin Norman, Eric Strickland with you. Joined as we are this time on Tuesdays by our own Steve Sipple of Early Break with Sip and Jake. Steve, happy Tuesday to you. Uh, good stuff on the show today. How, how you been? How was practice? Oh, I've been fine. How have you been? Doing doing well here. Plenty to get to with you uh, regarding spring football. Uh, you've had a chance to see these guys uh, up close I haven't. The one thing I, I've heard pretty consistently is that there's a difference. You can tell who transferred into Nebraska from programs like Georgia and Florida and who's been, you know, at Nebraska. Is there really that big a difference between what guys like, you know, Gilbert and Sherman and, and Borders and Collier look like compared to the rest of Nebraska's roster? Oh, let me think about that a little bit. Uh, I mean, those guys are good looking athletes particularly Borders and Sherman. Um, uh, yeah, you know what? <laughs> now that you mention it, I guess there's some some semblance of truth to that, except, you know, I'd put Thomas Fedoni as a player. It was a big-time look to him. Um, I'm trying to think on offense. I mean, those running backs that are left over – are good looking athletes. Gabe Urban is a is a big time looking, you know, he's a six one, two hundred and twenty pound guy that can blaze. So I don't I wouldn't go I wouldn't go all in on that, but I will say this. Sherman, I just you know, I kinda got my first look at Sherman today actually, MJ. And that is it's pretty striking, I gotta say. Chief, you know, I mean, oh listen, Austin. Keith Borders just looks like a big ten defensive edge guy should look like. I mean, I don't want to go overboard. I mean, I, I, let's just, if, if you want me to pour a little cold water on it, he doesn't look like Randy Gregory. I mean, <laughs> we haven't, we haven't, I haven't seen anything like that over there. Um, <laughs> although, as far as quarterbacks go, I mean, you got to keep it in the right context here, but as far as quarterbacks go, I'd say Jeff Sims is in that Randy Gregory territory. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, many quarterbacks that are as physically impressive looking as Jeff Sims. Now, I don't know. We'll see how he plays. He's got to be more consistent. He can't throw picks. But you know what? They did bring in some good-looking players. You mentioned Jeff Sims and how he looks. A name that I haven't heard him compared to a lot, but I'd be curious to see a comparison between these guys in person is Anthony Richardson or yeah from from Florida who's in the NFL draft this year uh Richardson ends up starting uh all 12 games for Florida last year played seven games the year before that completed 55 percent of his passes 3100 yards 24 touchdowns and 15 interceptions uh across his uh really two years at Florida when you look at the total number of games that he played in Say Nebraska gets 60% completion, 2,500 yards, 20 touchdowns, 10 picks from Jeff Sims. Is that a successful year in Lincoln for him if he's the starter? Say those numbers again. Uh, 60% completion, 2,500 yards, 20 touchdowns, 10 picks. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. I think you wanted it to be a little better than that. Um, yeah, you wanted it to be better. I don't know. I don't. I'm not going too far down that path, Austin, because you've got to win the job. Mm-hmm. And that's not a given. That's far from a given. 
Is it a 50-50 between Sims and Thompson at this point? Is there an edge one way or the other through a week and change of spring? Well, I mean, I, it's a no decision because Casey hasn't been able to do anything. Casey's in a yellow jersey. He threw a little bit today, but he's not doing any teamwork. Um, he's nothing. He's doing nothing with teams. He's, he did. I saw them do one individual drill today. So, I mean, it's hard to say that that competition will start in earnest in August. It'll start to a certain degree. I guess it could start maybe to a certain degree this spring when if Casey gets cleared to operate with the team, which I don't think is going to happen. I don't even think Matt wants Matt Lou wants him to do that. So it's hard to say right now. There are only five practices in. I think today was their first in full pads. I mean, I know, Austin, we want to do this, and fans want to do it. They want to draw a lot of conclusions really early. But you heard Matt Rule today. Now, let's put it this way. Matt Rule is telling his assistants, I don't even want you to evaluate these guys with a depth chart in mind. Teach them and develop them. We'll worry about that later. I mean, we're the new coaching staff that's five practices in with one practice in pads. There's just nothing in terms of like sizing up position races. No, that's not, it's not anything we can do right now. You mentioned that that competition don't evaluate with a depth chart in mind. I mean, that's what, you know, we do for, from our perch, we try to project out a little bit when you, from what you've been able to see of practice, has the coaching staff been able to do that? Are they, you know, treating players similarly regardless of, you know, where they were on the depth chart last year? Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, you know, we don't see enough of it to fully judge that. Um, I mean, I know how it is. Again, I, it's really, really interesting stuff, and people want answers. But I'm, I'm just kind of telling you they're really not there. There's certain things you can glean from five spring practices, but not much. I mean, really not much. I mean, you're really, what I always say about the spring is it's about individuals. Um, and and a lot of times it is about guys that can make moves on depth charts. I wouldn't even say that's the case this year. You're just kind of trying to, man, I'll tell you what, it's, it's so early in this process. Everybody's learning. Um, not, I mean, and I'm talking about the players and coaches. They're still in the very early stages of learning the system. I think it's fairly frustrating. I, I mean, I got that from Matt today. I did, he doesn't say it like that. But I think it was pretty tense today. I mean, it was. I saw that. There's no doubt there's tension. Um, Matt Rule said that the Tuesday after the first week is always very it's a tough practice. It's often a bad practice because they just had their first week with the new staff, kind of a little bit of a honeymoon. And then you come back and it's tough. And it was the observation that I make is it was, there was tension today for sure. And the other observation that I really like is on our show, Bill Bush talks about a fourth down mentality. It's always got to be like fourth and one in a program at LSU, it was always fourth and one. It always felt that way to bill. It feels that way here now. Like it does. It feels, it feels fourth and one now. And I, and I wouldn't say that, um, 
I, I wouldn't have said that in Riley's program or Frost's program. Um, so, yeah, it's different. It's, it's different. I mean, rule's not messing around. When you say fourth and one, when Coach Bush says fourth and one, is that in terms of, you know, just the, the physical nature of can we be bigger, faster, stronger than you for these last three feet? Or is that more like a sense of urgency? Like we have to convert urgency. everything's on the line. Yeah, urgency. Um, that every day has got to feel like fourth and one. And that's hard. It's hard. It takes a lot. Of t- it takes a toll on guys. Um, it's not easy to always operate in that environment. Um, but uh, we're getting a f- better feel for rule. And I'd say it's a large. It's a lot of that. And I think he likes tension. I think he likes to keep the tension. Coaches. A lot of coaches are like that way. Are like that. Um, and I think we got one here. Again, we're just. Here's the thing, Austin. Again, I know everybody wants all these answers. That just some of them just aren't there yet. I mean, mm-hmm. we're we're all learning. Um, we're learning about Matt Rule. We're trying to assess personnel without seeing practice. <laughs> um, you know, we saw 40 minutes today, but there's, you don't see any. See what I'm telling you, Austin? Is you don't see any team drills. I don't see any. You don't see 11 on 11. You know, you don't see seven on seven. So how much can you really assess? You know, mm-hmm. I know I know that's not what you want to hear. I don't think it's even what listeners want to hear. But there's there, there has to be some reality in the conversation too. Um, so we're a ways from knowing. There's there's a lot more we, we'll have to ascertain, and it won't happen until mid-August. Talking with Steve Sipple here uh, during on the block. One position that we, you touched on a little bit is the running back position. You wrote about it. Uh, you heard from Ramir Johnson today. We've heard Gabe Irvin and A.J. Allen's name thrown out there a lot. Anthony Grant, the leading rusher last season. Going back the last five, six years, Steve, there hasn't really been consistency for what Nebraska has looked for in a running back. They've gotten different types of guys. And to some degree, you have to do that to have you know an every down back, a third down back, a pass pro guy, a short yardage guy. But there's no real through line consistently that I can see, at least, in terms of Nebraska having a plan with its running backs and what it wants to do. You've heard from Marcus Satterfield. You've heard the names thrown out there. What do you think the plan is for Nebraska's running style with that whole stable of running backs? I mean, they want to get down. I, I don't think it's don't overcomplicate it. They want to be down. They want to be a downhill rushing team. Um, they want those guys to be able to do it all. Um, they want him to be able to catch flex out, catch balls out of the backfield. You got to be able to pass block, obviously. I mean, if you're running, if you're running a downhill pass or a downhill running game, and you're emphasizing the play action pass, which is what they want to do, you better have a good blocker back there too, right? So that's what it is. Um, it's a good room, and Matt has really made that clear. And I, and it's not hype. It's not hype because they, these guys have done it. I mean. Uh, Anthony Grant ran for 915 yards last year. A.J. Allen was pressing him when A.J. Allen broke his collarbone in the fourth game. He was pressing him. Um, Gabe Irvin started two games as a true freshman a couple of years ago. These, these aren't, this isn't simple coming on the radio and throwing out false hope. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. They're good. They got, they got dudes. Ramir Johnson led the running backs in rushing two years ago. He's done it. It's not anything – that I'm dreaming up in my head. These guys are good. That was two years ago for Ramir. Uh, he's better now. Those guys are, that's a tough room. I don't know how it's all going to work, but I've covered a program long enough to know you better have three or four guys. And they do. 
I mean, I don't mean one or two. I mean three or four, and they have it. So it's the strongest position on the team. I mean, it's certainly the strongest position on offense. But, but that tied in position, I'll tell you something now. I mean, if you're trying to generate excitement, go watch Gil, or go watch Arik Gilbert and Fedoni. Um, I, I don't know how you how you do it. You might be able to find some video somewhere. I mean, they got serious tight ends. I mean, serious Gilbert. I mean, now again, it's not hype. He had 38 catches at LSU. Or excuse me, 35 catches for 368 yards. That was he's he's already done it in the SEC. Um, I, I can't believe it when I look at him. I mean, that's now when you're talking about, you know, when when Randy Gregory came here from the from Georgia um, or wherever the hell he came from, um, he transferred. We he didn't come from Georgia. He came from a junior college. But when he came here, we all said, what's he doing at Nebraska? He, he, would he get lost on the way to the SEC? That's what we were saying about Randy. <laughs> it looks like Gilbert took a wrong turn somewhere. and You know, he left the SEC and got lost and, and ended up in Lincoln. You're, you, we talked about this earlier in the call. Those guys do look a little different, and Gilbert leads that discussion. I mean, this is a, he's a big man, and he moves well. Bush has said on our show, that the LSU staff was amazed by the stuff he could do. And now I'm starting to get it. When you look at that body, two, you know, 6'5", 260, and see the movement, it is really – it's astounding to me. Now, you've got to keep him right. He's got to be ready to roll. But there's a lot of potential there. A lot. I mean, there's NFL potential there. Nebraska's had some darn good tight ends over the last few years. That I, the position I think Sean Becton did a really good job with. Yeah. And you're yeah. saying Gilbert and maybe Fedoni as the number two? I mean, he was the top tight end recruit in his class, so unproven. But do you think that there's a world that the tight ends could be Nebraska's primary receiving options this year? I, You know what? That's a good question. Um, I guess I don't know enough about Satterfield's line of thinking to put it quite that way, but but Satterfield did say they're going to be in thirteen personnel a, a bit of a some some of the time at least. That's three tight ends. I mean, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, I think they they got to be prominent. They have to be, and they're both they were both the top ranked. You know, Gilbert was the top ranked tight end in his class. I think it was a class of twenty twenty, and. Uh, Fedoni was the top ranked tight end in his class. They had two of them. And, you know, I could see it where they have those two on the field with Bonner, with Janire and Bonner, mm-hmm. who, who, who's a very intriguing player in his own right, moving from receiver to, I think what, I think what Matt Rule calls it is an S tight end. Um, you know, a very kind of a hybrid. Um, and Bonner's intriguing that way if you see him because he is a big. He always looked a little too big, thick-legged to me as a receiver. So I think this move makes a lot of sense to move him from a pure wide out to more of a hybrid tight end. He's Steve Sipple. You hear him on Early Break with Sip and Jake every morning here on 93.7 The Ticket. You also can read his work uh, for Husker Online, uh, the On3 Network. Steve, appreciate the time and the insight from spring practice. A few more weeks to go before we get to that spring game, and we'll uh, hope to pick your brain on what else you've seen next week.
Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Once again, Steve Sipple with us here on the block. We'll step aside. We got DP and J in the building. We'll cross it over to wrap out on the block, get you set up for old school when we get back.